listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. It's been said that the secret to good parenting is not quantity time, but quality time. I happen to think that quantity time is better. Who cares about a few really intense, you know, moments of romping around through Disneyland when you'd rather have a parent who's just there when you need them? But there are also some fathers who suck at both. So you get neither quantity nor quality time. Perhaps the winner for the worst movie to watch with your dad during a Father's Day film marathon is I Love My Dad, uh, starring Patton Oswalt. I don't know what your all's opinions of your fathers are, but I'm sure you like them enough. And I am joined by Melina. How do I feel about my dad? Ask my therapist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also with us, definitely not Melina's therapist, Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. And the other person who I know loves her dad, Harmony. Hello. Hi, dad. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harmony's dad. <laughs> We may talk about some things that uh, we may have to edit out of the final podcast. Make Thanksgiving really weird. Make <laughs> it real. <laughs> Can we just talk about less comfortable things like, you know, whether Trump should run again? Really? I mean, <laughs> this personal stuff is way too much. <laughs> Speaking of awkward, I Love My Dad is a brand new comedy written and directed by James Morosini, who also stars in it as Franklin. Franklin is a 20-something who has recently been struggling with depression. He's a college student. He seems to have dropped out. He's struggled with suicidal ideation. When we first meet him, he's being released from a group therapy home, and he has decided, as part of his healing, to remove any sort of toxic, triggering influences out of his life. And number one on that list is his father, played by Patton Oswalt. Chuck, who is not a horrible human being necessarily, but clearly is a bit of a pathological liar, clearly loves his son, but has never been a reliable source of comfort, has never been a very reliable dad, and has often been out of the picture. And the only way that they've even communicated anymore is through social media. When he gets blocked by his son, Chuck takes some very desperate measures and decides to create a fake profile so that he can friend his son on Facebook. The problem is Chuck pretends to be a very attractive young 20-something waitress. And before you know it, Franklin is falling in love with this fake profile and Chuck is scrambling to keep the illusion alive. Guys, I cringed all the way through this. Uh, I'm sure that was intentional, but let me know how you guys felt about it. Melina, what did you think of this? Um, I, it's funny. Um, I actually got uh, an extension on the screener, so I finished watching this a few minutes before we started. 
my heart rate is still coming down. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's crazy to me to think that I have seen Maverick in the theater probably four times. I saw Nope. And I watched a movie recently about four people getting attacked by sharks. And I can't believe that this is the most tense film I've seen all year. But it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you definitely are going to need those therapy sessions. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's there's like a sexting scene, spoilers, I guess, like later in the movie that is the, I just, I I was just physically cringing harder than I have yeah. I, maybe in my entire life watching a movie. That was so, so painful to watch. And so beautifully done too. You're like, yeah, like, well, well shot. It was also. <laughs> too well. It was beautifully done. That was the weird thing. Yeah. It, it was, it was bizarre. As after, afterwards, I was like, that was actually like a really well constructed scene. I, I was suffering through every second of it but it was yeah. it was well put together for what it was oh yeah absolutely yeah morissini has the challenge of being both the writer director and star of this and it would be very easy for him to lose focus on any one of those issues but to what ryan was saying he actually does come up with some interesting visual strategies uh in what is otherwise a very talky uh low budget film and yet, when you see those conversations being brought literally to life, it is deeply unsettling. Harmony, how many showers did you have to take after watching this movie? I mean, I'm still scrubbing places. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I, you know, out damn spot very much the <laughs> situation here. Um, I, yeah, gosh, it, it was just the whole time I was trying to give the dad the benefit of the doubt because you know, he's trying, right? So he's not, like you said, he's not inherently a bad guy. He's just stupid <laughs> and doesn't know how, and a loser, you know, that's just, that's, that's his, his issue. And he um, lies to kind of get out of these loser situations and it all fails. He's just, he's just every sense of the word, word a loser. Um, and I was trying really hard to watch this because I do actually have a great relationship with my father. <laughs> I do. I love my dad very much. And he he would never do this. <laughs> it's just so unbelievably stupid. And like part of me, the, the way the, the thing at the beginning, the before the movie starts where it says, you know, all this is real though my bet my dad said that it's not real like is it real am I <laughs> god i hope not i haven't looked up the extent to which this is autobiographical and i'm almost kind of scared too i'm like i don't want to yeah. know how true this is i will say for those who are curious uh uh morissini the director and writer has admitted that yes this did kind of occur uh he had blocked his father when he was in his 20s and his father, desperate to maintain some kind of connection, at least know what's going on in his son's life, created this social media profile. It got a little out of hand. But according to Morosini, you know, the film goes much, much further <laughs> than what actually occurred. But it's still uncomfortable enough. It's still a horrible thing to do oh, your yeah. kid, just period. Yeah. Like, this is never going to put you on in their good graces, like at all the thing with that is it's like you you both have said yeah you don't i mean maybe it's just because it's Patton oswald that certainly helps but there's never a point where i felt i i hate this guy i find him just detestable and dangerous why are we seeing a movie from this kind of person's perspective 
I think that it does a great job of setting up, uh, especially in what it does in the beginning, that this is a guy who's just, he has, the, he has like the best intentions in the world. He just has no idea how the hell to relate to other human beings. And he has no, I, it's like we get, like, I saw one bad review saying, I feel like this movie kind of, it propagates or sort of glamorizes catfishing. I'm like, I couldn't disagree more because you get the idea that this guy has no idea what that concept even is and what is morally wrong with it until it is too late for him to back out. I mean, if you want to see a vision of a man making out with his own son, uh, if you think after watching this movie that that somehow glamorizes catfishing, I would kind of question <laughs> myself, frankly. I think that's ridiculous that yeah. there are reviewers that said that. I feel like there was at no point where I felt like felt like this glamorized it. Yeah. When 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 it everything culminates in that that final scene, it was just mm. like it was a nightmare. It was just uh, at the at the diner at the very end. It was just yeah. just really it was like a, it was like watching a car crash. I don't see how you'd watch that and think, oh, this this is saying that this is okay to do. I will say, I, I think that I felt a little bit more harshly about, I, I think because it's Patton Oswalt, I, I think there's, he's, he's just a big, big teddy bear. I, I, I and it's just, it's hard to not love him in whatever role he does. I feel like he's been in really good, like dark dramedy kind of movies before. I really love Big Fan and, uh, Young Adult, uh, the two really great roles from him. And I, I personally love a good, like, feel bad movie. And I, I, I think that I would put this in that, that category. But I, I, I think that just the fact that his son was suicidal and was really dealing with um, those issues, mm -hmm. the fact that he did this right after that, it just it made it really difficult for me to find him to be likable in any way. And I really I know that he really was trying his best and he didn't know. But just to be that stupid, to think that like, oh, to not be able to see like the end point and what this is going to do to your son who like he. he when he thinks he's making this genuine connection with somebody, when he hasn't been able to do that, when he's feeling this way and feeling so depressed, just from the beginning, I was just, I was furious. And I, I think that was partially the, the, the point. I think it was trying to make you feel that way. But it was just, it was, it, it was personally hard for me to sympathize with him. I think Franklin and his father are eerily paralleled at times because clearly these are two men who are not very good at communicating, who are emotionally stunted and are really best at communicating through social media, through text, through emails, you know, not face-to-face -face personal connections. As clueless and horrible as Chuck's actions are, you also have to question Franklin's decisions because, I mean, look, I'm on social media. I can't tell you how many hot chicks from other countries have wanted to be friends with me. You know what? <laughs> I know those chicks aren't real, guys. Right. I know that. I'm like, oh, you seem very, very cute. Oh, and you're in Thailand. And you only have one friend, and that's me. <laughs> well, not today. Block. Yeah. Deny. Which is something that the movie definitely addresses, and I think it does very well to cover its bases. Anytime I would think, well, you know, uh, I would never be in this situation because it just wouldn't happen like this. It kind of beats you to that, where it's like, no, the movie thought of that, too. It just kind of, you have characters who are trying to find ways around someone actually using their head and coming to the same conclusion you would. You know, for example, why do you have just the one friend? And they're like, ah, oh, And like, you know, you've got Patton, you know, trying to be the girl on the other end of the DMs, trying to figure that out. Like, oh God, what do I say? You know, how do I, how do I come up with an answer that he's going to accept? And you also get the feeling that 
it really comes down to Franklin just kind of wanting to believe this, you know, wanting to think that this is, he, he wants to believe it, so he does. And he will accept whatever answer he gets. And I, as someone who's lonely and isolated like he is, I'm like, I understood that. I bought that. I kind of bought the the whole, like, desperation on both their sides. The desperation to make that connection for Chuck to Franklin and then Franklin's desperation to not turn into his dad. He had absolutely gone through hell to end up in a group home situation um, and that he wanted so badly to be, I this is me like projecting probably, <laughs> like normal, you know what I mean? I bought the desperation. It doesn't make it any less cringy though. Yeah, and going off of what Ryan said, it is hard to get on Chuck's side. You can understand why he's doing it, but really he kind of seals his fate when, you know, he meets this young woman, this waitress named Becca, played by Claudia Saluski. She's nice to him. He's just a customer. And, you know, she seems very pleasant. And he thinks, oh, you're the kind of girl that, you know, my son would probably like. Next thing you know, he's stalking her online. He's copied all of her photos. He's created a profile that's very similar to hers and is basically using details from her life to make her sound like a more credible person. Eventually, Franklin is like, hey, you know, we should get to talk. You know, we should meet. We should do something over the phone or whatever. You know, let's take this beyond social media. Next thing you know, Chuck has recruited his girlfriend to pretend to have a conversation with his son under the pretense that it's some kind of sex play for the both of them. You know, so now he's roped his girlfriend into this. Needless to say, Franklin eventually decides that he wants to take this relationship to the next level, figures out where Becca works, goes across country to go visit her, and when no one will take him, he talks his dad into taking him to meet this not entirely fictional woman, but a woman who has never met this guy in his life. It is so weird how Chuck thinks he's going to get away with this. Melina was right when she said this is kind of a suspense film. It, it shouldn't work. It is a cringe comedy. But once they get closer to that meeting, it, you realize that they're in for a very serious reckoning. Oh, yeah. And I have never so wanted a movie to, like, you know where the movie has to go in order to really work. But you're so hoping it doesn't. Yeah. This is one of those few times where I'm like, I hope this goes bad and totally betrays its own message because... That's going to be less painful than what I know we're going to see. I just don't want to experience that. Yeah, I was going to say something sort of along those lines that just the witnessing of all this seemed perverse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you don't want to be part of this situation at all. And you're, and you're watching it all kind of play out on the screen. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. They're both very broken people. And you may not like necessarily root for them, but you don't want to like break people more. And there's nothing I can think of that would absolutely do this than if your dad was catfishing you. See, that's that's yeah. how you use the term. And I, and I think <laughs> by the end, I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to take away from it. Like, I, I think that it to me and I, I'm, I'm curious how you all felt. I felt like I was supposed to walk away with it, walk away from this thinking, oh, maybe they could sort of find a way to reconcile because of how similar they are. And I kind of felt like, wow, fuck this guy. I actually think he's kind of right to just excise him from his life. And I, I don't know how everyone feels. Like, I, I also have, I don't have a bad relationship with my dad, but I, I felt like if 
anyone in my life did something like this to me, I don't, I would never be able to trust them again. And I would not want to speak to them again. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And it, at the end, it kind of feels like, and everyone can, you know, everyone is, is, is open to do their own thing and treat the people in their family the, the way that they want to treat them. But I, for me, there's a, there's a line and that crosses that line. And I wasn't sure how this wanted me to feel at the end. And I guess maybe that's because it is supposed to be open to interpretation, but I'm curious what you all, how you all felt about the ending. Well, I'd like to wrap that thought into our final thoughts, because I think Ryan brings up an excellent question and how you feel about that ending, which of course we're not going to spoil, but that really, I think, ultimately determines how you rate a movie like this. There's the journey, but then there's the destination. And was that destination worth arriving at? Harmony, would you do us the honors and lead us off with your final thoughts? I can't think of what else I can say about this movie other than it's uncomfortable. I don't think it really has a great um, message at the end. I mean, like like Ryan was saying, you can kind of interpret, the, I think you can interpret the ending a, a couple different ways just based off of like facial expressions, right? I just wanted, I was just watching this and I was just, I wanted it to be over. I'm like, can we, instead of like, like Melina was like, oh, I, d I don't want to, see, I don't want to see it badly. I was like, I just wanted to end. <laughs> just, just stop, just stop here. Let this be the end. And it never was. And it was not, not a fun time. I love Patton Oswalt, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, he's, he does well as a, as a loser in this film. And so the, uh, I think the, the portrayals are well done. I mean, it's a well done little movie. Um, but I don't, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think I can, I can go through that again. So I'm going to give this four out of 10 burner cell phones. Oh God. <laughs> Ryan, what are your final thoughts? Yeah. So this, I would say if you like movies that are kind of like a train wreck and you kind of enjoy in a way, just seeing this insane premise, uh, sort of culminate in disaster. I think you might enjoy this in, in some way and in whatever way that, it, that you would be able to enjoy this. I think the fact that it is kind of loosely based on a true story, I think if it wasn't, I might be a little bit more irritated with this. I don't know, because it seems like just creating such a like intentionally just insane scenario to sort of get a rise out of people. But I, I think the fact that maybe it's this director slash writer sort of working through his trauma and something that he did experience that even though this is an exaggeration, like who knows, it could have gone to these extremes. Like it's, it's entirely possible. I, I think that if you are into these sorts of like, I think I described it earlier, like as like feel bad movies, I think that it's interesting and it was really hard to look away from. And I'm not going to forget this movie. I will say that, but I don't, I don't really know how, like how easily I could recommend this to somebody. Um, Patton Oswalt is amazing. Uh, I love, him and I think I said earlier roles like this um, big fan, young adult. I think he kills it in these darker roles, and I would actually really love to see him do more stuff like this because he's definitely what attracted me to this uh, this project. Um, I'm gonna give it six and a half out of ten chess pieces. Melina, I think I liked this uh, a lot more than than you guys did. I understand totally why you have the the issues and misgivings that you do. Um, I think this is going to be a movie that's divisive just for what it's about and the fact that it doesn't really seem to have a very clear or at least very wrapped up message by the end of it. This feels like a very personal film. It, it obviously is. I would say that what was really keeping me going was 
the filmmaking aspects of this, I think, are all pretty fantastic. Uh, I think that the dialogue is written wonderfully. I think the acting, especially from Patton Oswalt and James uh, Morsini, especially, I think they work off each other so well. And man, I think that the editing in here is like pretty top notch. It's like, this is cringy and it wants to be. And that is because of how it just, it puts these scenes together, how it just cuts from one shot to the other. And it's so creative about that. And it's nonstop. Um, I would recommend this on just from that aspect alone, but I also think that if you are interested in a character study with complicated characters and one that you're probably going to have to think about a little bit after you're done with it and decide how you feel, I absolutely recommend this on that. I hope to God that this is a loosely, like loosely based on a true story. I hope that knot is barely fucking tied. Um, and yeah, I will watch this again with people and they may hate me for it, but alas, what are you going to do? Um, so I am going to give this, I'm going to give this eight and a half uh, out of 10 songs by The Cure. Nice. I lost my father a couple of years ago and I miss him to this day, but I have never been more happy knowing that he sucked when it came to any kind of social media. <laughs> he couldn't even text. Dad, why don't you just text me? I don't know how to text. It's simple. You can type. It's type. It's like, I don't, I don't like texting. I just, can't I just call you? Like, fine, you can call me. It'd be easier if you texted me. He's like, I don't know how to do that. Thank God he didn't know more than that because I don't think he would ever do this. But, you know, sometimes it's better for your parents not to know how to reach out to you via social media. Uh, this is really salvaged primarily by the fact that Patton Oswalt manages to make this loathsome character kind of a charming, likable sad sack, even though you know he's doing something horrible. Uh, and fortunately, because he's there, it makes this bitter pill a little easier to swallow. We haven't really talked enough about the cast, which is also quite good. You've got Claudia Saluski as Becca, who I think does a really great job in a dual role playing the idealized version that Chuck is pretending to be and that Franklin imagines he's talking to versus the very real young woman who works at a diner. You've got Lil Ray Howery, who's always a lot of fun in his brief periods of time on screen. Rachel Dratch as, you know, Chuck's girlfriend who's dragged into this sexting scheme, not realizing that she's sexed making out with her boyfriend's son. I mean, it's icky, but everybody here commits to the material. And given what it is, it's about as tasteful as it could be done. And to echo something Ryan said earlier, and Melina as well, there, there's some nice visual nuances here. Rather than give us, you know, 90 minutes of two guys on a phone typing, you know, we get to actually see those people in the same room, even though we know geographically they're very far apart. It's an interesting way to kind of break, you know, not the fourth wall, but sort of just bring Becca into Franklin's reality while Chuck is in the very same room with him typing at the same time. It's it's kind of visually interesting it just makes this very uncomfortable film a little bit easier to digest. But like Harmony said, I, I'm in no hurry to watch this again. I have to give this six and a half out of ten laser tag vests that are lighting up as my life is collapsing around me. Do you think there's a poor father and son somewhere that 
saw this on the marquee at a theater and were like, oh, this would be great to go see together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love my dad. <laughs> you know, and you know, hey, you know, it could work. By the end, you might walk out of there going, you know what? My dad ain't perfect, but he sure as fuck is better than this guy. <laughs> you can have some conversations. That's actually a good point. Yeah. There's no way you could look worse than this guy. Well, you could, but that's a different movie. I think that, yeah, if I saw this with my father, I would immediately demand to see his phone. <laughs> yeah, demand to see his phone. <laughs> this is why you should never give old people technology. They don't need phones. They don't need computers and laptops. You're just going to have to do tech support for them one day, and then you're going to find their search history, and oh god, that's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving conversation. (laughs)